Listen well, my anger. As a child, she never spoke a word, though the doctors could find nothing wrong. As she walked along the shore of Deadwater Lake, something spoke to her from the depths, and a voice within her answered. Personal log, Greaves. Acting captain of the Olivia Barrington. Just three days ago, Captain Eberhard Peterson abandoned the Barrington, naming me captain as he departed. I was immediately overcome by a cowardly and criminal uprising of five or six crewmen who had been waiting to have their revenge on me. This in repayment for my disciplining several of them for insubordination. As I sit in this cell, the mutineers are no doubt making plans to find some remote island where they can hide from the consequences of their actions. And now I can hear the sound of the main mast sails being set. I suppose the wind has returned. Good day, Mr. Greaves. I'm glad to see you're spending your time productively. Although I don't imagine I am depicted favorably in your logbook. No, you are not, Mr. Renthank. You and your band of criminals will one day face the full weight of the law and... And will hang. Maybe so. Be that as it may, I've come to tell you that we're letting you free. As long as you promise to work with the crew until we reach shore. At that time... You are free to take your leave of us. So you've made yourself captain, then? No, sir. I have no such ambitions. In fact, we have been doing rather well without any captain at all. We all know the schedule is expected of us, and there are few, if any, protests. Mulberry has proven exceptionally useful at reading the maps. The doctor has taken charge of the food rationing. We are working toward a common goal, Greaves. And... We're asking you to join us, in good faith. Hmm. Anarchists, then. Perhaps you aren't up to the duties of a foremast hand. I am more capable than any man on this ship, unthank. Very well. Here's your walking stick. Just stay out of trouble, or we'll throw you right back in that cell. Mr. Unthink, if I can have a moment. Yes, Doctor. I see you let him out. We'll keep an eye on him, Doctor. If he did try anything, there's not a single man on the Barrington that would sigh with him. What can I help you with? I'm taking stock of the fitness of the crew, and frankly, I've been a little concerned about Danielle's behavior. Just look at him, Thomas. He stands in that same spot all day, staring out at the sea. Bookman? Well, Doctor, all I know is what he has told us. 
He's in contact with the being. He calls it the Gethrona. He thinks it can help us find the captain. He may have survived the storm and could be in need of help. Without fully endorsing your contention that this uh, Gethrona is responsible for the wind returning, I do need to know more in order to help him. Does he hear voices, or does he just have these visions? You sense the words, but not with your ears, Doctor. You see what the being sees. I am not trained to help with such things, Grumman. However, I can see that Danielle is in a constant state of exhaustion. He needs to rest. Your vessel now moves across the waves, and for this I am relieved. I hope that you are successful in finding your lost captain. But my movement is restricted to a perimeter around the rocks, which provide the conditions for my existence. Soon I will need to take my leave through the rift. And now that you are aware of us, I feel a duty to warn you that not all of my kind have such concern for your well-being. There is another Gethrona. And you know this one as Belial. Their way is not the way of the Gethrona. Their experiences are not fully shared with us. This means we cannot be sure where they are, making them incompatible with other Gethrona. Recently, this heretic reanimated a human who had died here on the ship, using him to commit violent acts on the crew. And now Belial cannot be located. You must be careful to avoid contact with this heretic, Danielle Buchmann. This is Amelia Cuthright for Evan Paranormal. So far, we've heard how Everhard Paterson commanded a whaling ship in 1864. We know that he was lost in a raging storm somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic and was presumed dead, and that somehow he made it here, to Eben, New Hampshire. And lastly, we know there is a memorial to him at the south end of Willow Island. But we knew nothing about his life here in Eben until today. At the suggestion of a very helpful clerk at the Eben County Registry, I drove down to Concord yesterday and spent all day in the New Hampshire State Library. By scouring county histories, census records, and old newspapers on microfilm for hours, I learned some interesting details about our mysterious captain and his daughter. Fact number one. Paterson's daughter was named Ebba after her father, Eberhard. Fact number two. The captain built the cabin in which they lived on Willow Island. That cabin is still standing today and is occupied by an elderly woman 
also named Ebba Paterson. A granddaughter, perhaps. This Ebba is the one who was seemingly responsible for Walter Stedding's abduction, as well as, possibly, a plot to kidnap children on the mainland and bring them out to the island. Now, I don't have any hard evidence of this. I was kind of eavesdropping on Amanda and Walter while they made the show, but something creepy is going on out there, and I fear for Amanda's well-being. She and Walter deliberately left recent information about Ebba Paterson out of their broadcasts because they didn't want to alert her as they got close to uncovering the truth about her family. But seeing as these recordings may or may not make it on the air anytime soon, I have no such restriction. If one wants the full story, the logical place to start would be with that cabin on Willow Island. But Ebba is a notorious and possibly dangerous recluse who might not be open for casual discussions with snooping neighbors. So for now, I'll continue piecing together the history of her ancestors. Ebba? Caddy's almost finished with these shutters and we'll have dinner. Just, just stay where I can see you, child. Mm-hmm. Almost one year since I pulled you up from the sea and gave you life. You are whole once more. You have already begun repaying my kindness to you by fulfilling my needs. But you know, you can't go outside. You have to stay down there and be good. Who are you talking to? Esmeralda? Oh, I see. Now you do as you're told. Be good. Well, if you aren't talking to Esmeralda, who are you talking to? I'm talking to the boy in the vent, Daddy. Come away from there now. Come on. But, Daddy, I think the little boy in the vent is lonely. I hear him crying sometimes at night. No, Ebba. You don't hear a voice in the vent. There's no one here but you and I, child. It must be the house creaking at night. No, Daddy. It's a little boy. I can hear him making... It's not a boy. Do you understand? It's the house. Now come away from there. She will come to understand in time, dear Captain. was okay. I didn't think you'd be so angry. Look, you don't have to worry about me. I'm okay. This is what I want to do, Gilberto. You have to understand. I found something I'm really interested in and I'm seeing it through. But it's... But it's not over yet. People need to know about this, Gilberto. I don't know. Just tell them the good part. I'm working for a radio producer, okay? I'll call again soon. I promise. Yes. I love you too. 
You good? You ready? Yeah, my brother's just worried. I had to convince him that... <gasps> Jerry! <coughs> Jerry! <coughs> oh, shit. Ah, they, they must be here. What? What's going on? The air. We have to get out of here. Take my hand. Everybody in the car, come on. Sideways into it. These what? Oh my god. How did they follow us? I don't know. Christ's not a cracker. Let's just hope that truck didn't get ahead of us. Now, I want to hear the whole story. Spill it. Move your leg. It's broken, all right. We can't leave you here. Giddens! Give me a hand! Hey! Edward! Damn. Rocks got to him. Giddens, come on! Stand up! Somebody on the path! Watch out! Pop! It's all right. It's Edward's son. Son? You're, you're all right. Pop, Pop, are you okay? Don't, don't worry, don't worry, son. Old Peterson won't be bothering us anymore. I, I took care of him. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, that sound. It's those rocks again. All right, listen, we've got to get your dad out of here. Get into the boat, quick. I've got to help our friend. Okay, come on, Pop. Come on. Where, where's your brother? Where's Frederick? We saw the, we saw these things. They looked sort of like Frederick, but huge. And they were angry. Pa, they took Frederick. All right, I'm gonna lift you up. Try not to put any weight on that leg.
and thanks for listening to Season 3, Episode 3 of Under Dead Water. Please don't stop sending your thoughts about the series to info at mandiblejudy.com. We love to hear from you. Our cast this week was Aaron Lillis, Ty Anderson, David Steele, Emmanuel Alpenord, Bonnie Bogovich, Graham Rowett, Noah Graham, Stephanie Booker, Matthew Bird, Maurice Thomas, Mike Hall, Mark Devaney, Clayton Romero, and Chris Burke. Our associate producer is Brandon Duke. Sound design is by Chris Burke. Music is by Glomag. Vocals and choral arrangement on opening theme by Bonnie Bogovich. Your support on Patreon and Supercast enables us to pay our fantastic cast and gets you perks like bonus episode content, downloads, thumb drives, and probably some cool stuff we haven't thought of yet. So head over to patreon.com slash mandiblejudy or mandiblejudy.supercast.com and help us keep our story going. 